Good afternoon, I am Staff. Good evening, I am Emma. <laughs> and this is... I simply don't believe it. <laughs> Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with, because there's two from the same brewery and I just simply couldn't choose. So we'll start with a little stubby, we'll get it down us, <laughs> yeah. and then we'll get the other one done. Okay. All right? Whatever you, th- whatever you say. We're not being pussy on about it. Okay. <laughs> so the beers. One is Nectar Honey Pilsner, and the second is Sparkling Mead. Okay. Interesting. So, I don't like honey, so neither of these probably are going to be up my alley. Are you having a lot? No, I don't like honey, yeah. Let's find out, though. I might like it. Well, this is really awkward, isn't it? (laughs) So, (laughs) kicking things off with a honey and raspberry sparkling mead. You know I like raspberry. Exactly. Raspberry, sorry. Not bad. (laughs) Um, Which is brewed on 100% honey. Yeah. And fresh raspberries. Oh. Uh, so we have all the sweetness of the bees' hard work and the tang from the raspberries. Mm-hmm. Then we have a honey pilsner hopped with sars, which is bringing a mild, earthy, herbal, and spicy note on the palate. Okay. And halatau, which is how I think you pronounce it. Um, yeah, I think we've had that one before. More spice. Mm. Mm. So spicy honey. And a light bitterness as well. Okay. The beer is described on the website as containing floral notes. Oh, okay. I like that floral notes. Now, the brewery, they're called Hive Mind. Okay. I'm in love. Yep. I fuck it. I'm in love. Yep. I'm almost mad at myself for not knowing of them sooner. <laughs> they're beekeepers. <laughs> yeah. Who make honey-infused mead and beer, obviously. Um, sustainability is one of their core values. Mm-hmm. And it's part of the reason why they make mead. Because it only needs three ingredients. Water, honey... Yeast. Oh. Sustainable. Well, there you go. I've learned something today. Yeah, me too. They have some of their mead used as pairings at Michelin star restaurants. Ooh. Okay. These Mm -hmm. are fancy bitches. Yes. So if you don't like them, then you have a peasant palate. I do have a peasant palate. I grew up on fish fingers and fucking disgusting doesn't mean that's what you want non-food. to eat it's not what i want to that's eat that's what i grew up on but it's just all i you know how to taste <laughs> all i can taste so they've appeared on bbc the hairy bikers Ooh. coast and country and more they only started in 2018 oh that's some fantastic growth yeah and saving the planet that you're doing there lads love it keep up the good work yep also, um, they have, uh, I noticed on the website that they have a pollen-infused pe- hazy pale mm. called the Pollinator. Okay. And Lord knows I need it. The Pollinator? The Pollinator. Okay. And it's got like a menacing-looking bee on the front. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, you fucking you show do, them bees. You love bees. I do. I love bees so much. Emma rescues bees regularly in the I summer. Do. <laughs> if I find them, I will take them to a flower. You do. 
You do. It's very cute, actually, yeah. when you do that. I, I fucking... Especially when the little bumblebees are yeah, fuzzy. Hello, little bumblebee. <laughs> Hello, little baby. Remember when it was absolutely shitting it down and you found that little bee? In my sort in, yeah. He was, in, he was on the pavement and he was like, oh, was I don't know what to do. I'm too wet. So we had to stand in the pissing rain while Emma rescued this bee. It was very cute. We were in the middle of a high street, so finding flowers were not very easy, but we found some. <laughs> found some potted flowers. There's actually more in these stubbies than you anticipate, really, isn't there? Ugh. So we need to see these away, all right? Well, well. Wait, this isn't the three beer thing, is it? Yeah. Oh, Christ. It smells very raspberry. It does smell very good. Oh, I can taste the honey, right? But the raspberry is adding enough sharpness to yeah. it. Because what I don't like about honey is, for me, it tastes too dull like, I don't know blunt I don't know what the word is but it tastes too like overwhelming maybe or I don't know what the word I don't think there's a taste word for how it feels <laughs> to me but it's the reason I don't like it it's very much the middle note isn't it you get raspberries straight away and then you get raspberries uh-huh. at the end uh-huh. it's just like a, a little hint of sweetness at the peak that's actually really fucking good really good I actually really like that right what's this one then this is the honey pills now. Oh, yeah, you've told us about yeah, it. I've yeah, already, I've Sorry. already... God, Stephanie Farr. What? Do you ever listen? I'm trying. God. So let's see how honey this is. Yeah. Would you like to try some first? No, no, let's just do it. Go for let's it. just do it. Yeah. Mama did raise no pussy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mama hardly raised me, so... <laughs> A lot went on. What a lot went on there. I was like, I don't like it. I do like it. Wait, do I? I don't know. I think I like it. I don't think it tastes very honeyy. Do you know what? I think if I didn't know it was honey, you'd be fine. I'd yeah. That's it. So it says notes of gooseberry and wildflowers, and I get that. Yeah, it's floral for sure. And the sharpness is definitely the gooseberry. Mm. Yeah, I think you've just convinced yourself that because mm-hmm. it's it's called honey pilsner, you're like, I won't like that. Yeah. Uh, but I love what they're doing, so I'm glad I gave them my money. Yep. Quite frankly. I'm with you. Love you, hive mind. So we're back with Monsieur Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> so just to recap from last time then. Yes. A man presenting himself as a businessman boarded a plane in Portland, Oregon. What? You already presenting have questions. Presenting himself as a businessman. That yeah. hints to me he was never a businessman. Well, we don't know. And then soon, after takeoff, he revealed he had a bomb and was hijacking the plane. He demanded $200,000 in ransom and parachutes. He got his money and the plane took off again for Mexico City. And some point not long after takeoff, the businessman uses a parachute to bail out the back of the plane along with the cash. The man was later identified as Dan Cooper, who became D.B. Cooper when journalists misheard and misreported the suspect's alias. Neither he nor his landing site were ever found, and we pick up the story today to talk through some suspects. (gasps) (laughs) There have been hundreds of suspects over the years. Okay. In fact, by the fifth anniversary of the hijacking, the FBI had considered 800 suspects and eliminated all but around 24. What? You've got a smirk on your face. (laughs) What? When you said anniversary, I thought, fuck it out, it's 500 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) 
What did you think an anniversary was a hundred years? <laughs> <laughs> I realise now how stupid that is. It's once every year, but then so that's I right. from five hundred years, and I was like, nah, fifty years. So I was like, wait, no, one year. It has been about fifty years since the hijacking. Yeah, no, I realise that. But by the five years after. <laughs> I get it They've now. considered about 800, 800 suspects. I've had anniversaries. Why am I confused? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to talk about a few, uh, only a few. We're not going to talk about all the suspects. Only a few, right? Well, yeah, because that's a lot. Yeah. And um, we're going to go through the pros and cons, and you're going to tell me why you think none of them are D.B. Cooper and why, in fact, it's aliens, most likely. Oh, my God, of course it's aliens. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. So we're going to start Teresa, with... Teresa, back me up here. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to start with Dwayne Webber. He gave a deathbed confession to his wife. I fucking love a deathbed confession. And he said, quote, <laughs> I am Dan Cooper. Simple as that. It's this... like a Rickroll in it. What? Come on. You're not that old, surely. What are you talking about? A Rickroll. Rick Astley. Yeah. When someone would send you something. No, I know that. It. Yeah. But what's that going to do with... It's like the the. It's like a Rickroll, so... He knows he's not Dan Cooper, but he's like, Do you know what? I'm Dan Cooper. So you can't, he can't be questioned. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> Everyone thinks I'm Dan Cooper. Everyone's gonna no. I think it's funny. Okay. <laughs> now, do you wish that you did both episodes first? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep coming out with all okay. really stupid things. This is gonna be interesting. Good luck. Anyway, so he tells her I am Dan Cooper, and then um, dies. Yeah, and but this means actually fucking nothing to her. She doesn't know who the, who the fuck that is, right? <laughs> um, and then her name is Jo, and it wasn't until she was, like, talking to her friend, kind of like what we're doing now, about what he'd said, and the friend said, oh, hey, do you not know about this hijacking? So then she starts remembering a few other details that kind of added up. So she said that he would sometimes talk in his sleep about leaving fingerprints on a plane... And he had an old knee injury from jumping out of a plane. Oh. And she thought, I'd better go and find out a little bit more about this Cooper. And so she went off to her local library. And there she found a book about D.B. Cooper with her husband's writing in the margins. After discovering the information, she... Like, re- not published. Like, he'd just written... He'd just written his okay. own handwriting in the margins. So after discovering all this, she remembered a trip that they'd taken to the area where the money was found. And he'd apparently, while they were there, he'd apparently thrown a trash bag into the river. So what do we know about him? So he was a World War II veteran, so military. He'd been to prison six times for burglary and forgery. So he's got the criminal element to him. One of the FBI agents who was assigned to the case originally felt he was a really good option but his fingerprints did not match those on the tie and there was no other evidence to link him to the hijacking. And then, of course, they lost all the DNA shit, so they couldn't do anything about that. But the FBI have said that it's possible that any DNA that they did have or fingerprints or anything like that that was on the tie might not actually have belonged to Cooper because this is the 70s and they didn't look after evidence properly back then. Yeah. So is he just a guy who was obsessed with the case or maybe he thought it'd be like a giggle on his deathbed to lead everyone on this wild goose chase. Maybe. He does kind of look like a sketch as well. So, possibly. Hmm. Okay. I can see you hedging your bets. You want to hear the others, don't you? Just intrigued. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, next up is Kenneth Peter Christiansen. So, Christiansen was an army paratrooper. 
And he'd been a flight attendant on Northwest Orient Airlines, which is the airline that was hijacked. Oh. He also tried to make a death conf- deathbed confession, this time to his brother, and he simply said, quote, there is something you need to know, but I cannot tell you. After his death, his brother was watching a documentary about D.B. Cooper, saw the composite sketch, which he thought looked remarkably like his brother... Flight attendant Schaffner, the first William Schaffner, she was shown a photo of him and she thought he looked more like Cooper than any other suspect she'd been shown before. However, the FBI ruled him out because they did, they thought he didn't meet the physical descriptions of the hijacker. Yes, too because short. the FBI know more than a fucking eyewitness. Well, eyewitness Honestly, testimony is, um, you know, renowned to be faulty. Oh, I know, but even was... still, why are they going to know more than she does what well, he looks like? absolutely, I totally agree with you. Like, she, she was there for... I mean, she wasn't Muckler who sat with him for hours and hours, but she did, you know... Mm. She did know he had a bomb, she sat there. That's probably going to be ingrained in your fucking memory, yeah. isn't it? So the FBI said he was too short, he was too thin, and he had the wrong colour eyes. And there was absolutely nothing to actually... No, like, no evidence all the time to the crime. And I've looked at the sketch of... Um, Cooper and a photo of him and I actually don't think that they do look alike at all Mm. so I don't know um, whether his brother has just like put two and two together he said I've got to tell you something but I can't tell you then he watched a Cooper documentary he's put two and two together and got a hijacker but then they said that so what's her face who was after Shatner Mucklow that one she said that she didn't think that it really looked that much like him anyway didn't she she said she said that he looked too angry the second sketching the first oh sketching, that's what you mean yeah yeah the first sketching she said didn't look like him at all no so. the first one she said looked nothing like him yeah. the second one did but he looked too angry so it didn't represent him properly mm. okay. i don't know i think to be honest i think with a brother could have been trying to say fucking anything with i've got something to tell you i mean maybe maybe the brother that survived was just fucking bare skin and he thought i'm gonna <laughs> like, sell this story yeah, he's already yeah, yeah. dead yeah some people are ruthless like that yeah okay next up Richard McCoy Jr he was a Vietnam helicopter pilot and recreational skydiver who hijacked a plane five months after Cooper did demanding $500,000 in random Uh, ransom (laughs) yeah but why would you do that if you've just succeeded you're not gonna that's stupid or maybe you're like I got away with it I should have asked for more money I'm gonna do it again in the same way maybe it's the perfect cover story but then you're gonna go away anyway aren't you look if I the first woman I think her husband is is the most likely out of the three that you presented and if it if I was his fucking missus I'd be furious that I didn't see any of that. But, like, I would have fucking sailed off with you mm-hmm. like a pirate. No fucks given. Yeah. Let's go be rich. But no. You have to take me on a shitty holiday to a shitty canal so you can throw away some of the fucking pieces of paper that you're never going to spend. Yeah. Fuming. So, back to McCoy. <laughs> he, he, um, like I said, hijacked a plane. Um, five months after Cooper did and he did it in a really similar style to Cooper as well and he hijacked a similar plane that had the stairs in the back so you know he could get out without getting sucked into the engine he's read the news that's that's what I think as well he had a paperweight that he passed off as a grenade and a handgun which turned out not to be loaded 
Um, as with Cooper, he requested four parachutes and he bailed out the back of the plane. The only problem is he wasn't as smart as Cooper because he left behind all of his notes that he'd been writing and his fingerprints on a magazine that he'd been reading. He was arrested two days later with the ransom money and he ended up receiving a 45-year sentence. Good. The FBI at the time... Wait, do fucking pedos get that long? Ex- that's it. That's exactly it. No one gets hurt, but he gets 45 years. You you scam the government out of money. Mm-hmm. That's a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. Yep. Welcome to planet Earth. Mm-hmm. So the FBI at the time, they were convinced that he was Cooper because of the similarities in the cases. He actually ended up escaping from prison with a few other people by crashing a bin lorry through the main gates. <laughs> 70s. Um, I love that. <laughs> They found him three months later and he ended up being killed in a like a shootout with the FBI. Oh no. McCoy's family later said that the tie and the tie clip thing that was found um, on the Cooper hijack plane were McCoy's, but there's evidence that he was in Las Vegas on the day of the Portland hijacking and then he was in at home in Utah the next day. So I'm not wholly convinced on this one. I think same as you. He was like a copycat hijacker. He was like, he oh, that worked really was... fucking well. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to fucking do it because they'll obviously let that happen again. Yeah. I mean, he might have got away with it if he had been smart enough. To exactly. Put... But then in the news, they're not going to publish what he, what Cooper had covered up. Mm-hmm. So he obviously wasn't the same person. And the police often hold information back for that exactly, exact reason. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He's just a copycat. But, I mean, they would they would be remiss not to investigate it. Yeah. They'd be stupid and not to it, check it. You know, the FBI are like, shit, we have to solve this. So yeah. here's a man who's done the exact same thing. Let's just say it's him. But if, on. if they didn't investigate him, yeah. the public would go fucking mental. Like, yeah, well, he's yeah, obviously yeah. just done it again because yeah, they don't yeah, know yeah, yeah. the differences in the cases. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Walter Recker is up next. He's a former military paratrooper and intelligence operative. Yeah, he became a suspect in 2018 after his friend Carl Lauren came forward to say Recker had confessed to him and he'd had Lauren record his confession over a six-week period. He also provided a signed note um signed by Wrecker saying you can share my story after my death and he apparently also confessed to his niece as well to his niece yeah. oh right okay. so the recordings are about three hours long and they include information about where he landed and what he did afterwards so he said after coming out of the woods after he you know jumped out of the plane he went to a roadside cafe and spoke to a truck driver there so his mate Lauren was able to track down a truck da- driver who had been in that area the night of the hijacking and he confirmed that he'd spoken to a man and given directions to the man's friend over the phone so the friend could come and pick the man up. The only problem here is that the place that Wrecker identified as the landing zone in his confession was actually 150 miles north of the assumed drop zone and I don't, I don't know like how fast planes go and whether that's a lot in terms of plane mm. times or or not. But 150 miles seems like a lot, and I'm not wholly convinced that the truck, the truck driver, could remember 50 years later that that was the specific night that he specifically got on the phone and gave instructions to a person like that. That could have happened at any time. Yeah. How does he know that was the night of the hijacking? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It, stranger things have happened. Mm-hmm. It, it could be a case of it was a significant night to the truck driver. Mm-hmm. Might have been the night that he got divorced. Mm-hmm. Or it could have been on the news that night and like 
And he remembers speaking to someone. And he's yeah. like, "Shit, did I direct them?" Yeah, because like he, you he remember have... where you were on for nine eleven. Like you know what yeah. you know where you were and that happened. It might be like that. Like I remember first yeah. watching it on the. I was in yeah. in to teach an assistant at my fucking school of year four. We went to her, so her daughter was friends with Jess. So we went to her house and I was sat in Gina's kitchen. And I was watching the Teen Titans yeah. little television mm-hmm. on the kitchen side, mm-hmm. and I was what five? Yeah. That's horrible. So, I was in secondary school. Wait, but, what year was it? Uh, was it not nineteen ninety nine? Oh, it would have been four then. Oh, wasn't it secondary school? What am I talking about? Was I? Anyway, I don't know. Yeah. What I'm, what I'm trying to say <laughs> is that when big events happen, you tend to remember yeah. where you were. Yeah, at yeah, that yeah. Time. So maybe it's like that. I don't know. Maybe he thought that was weird. Maybe he went home and said, "I think it's a bit weird that someone was asking me to help their friend come and pick them up." Mm the night of it happening and it could mm. potentially have been where he fat where he had landed what it's if 150 I helped him? miles away though that's yeah, the thing that from where it's assumed that yeah, he dropped yeah exactly they that's can't the know difference. for sure that exactly. is the difference yeah plus the truck stop that he thinks he was in he might have gotten that but that part of confused true because yeah. dif- different um details stick in your mind but others don't like things that you think you'd remember and how do you tra- how do you track down a truck driver who happened to be at that place at that time. Like, how do you... You maybe put that out on Facebook and someone replies to you, but that someone could really probably only see the post of this stranger if they were interested in the same thing. You know, the algorithm brought them together. Mm. Is this someone who's also interested in D.B. Cooper? Well, if you feel like you're the truck driver that directed him, then you're going to follow. How do you see that post, I mean? You can follow hashtags, can't you? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. But this, yeah. is, the, this is the thing. It's taken him, what, 50 so fifty years. years, just under what forty-seven years, yeah. to find that person. So, don't know. They've probably waited a while, haven't they? He doesn't look like the sketch either. But as I said, I think I said in the last episode one of the flight attendants thought he might be wearing makeup, so mm. he could actually look different in real life. Yeah. He was, you know, trying to hide what he looks like. He could have put, like, more bags under his eyes. Okay. Lynn Doyle Cooper. Lynn sounds like a woman, but is actually a man. Although we are going to have a woman in a bit. Oh. So oh. He, yeah. So he was a veteran who was presented as a suspect by his niece in 2011. She says that when she was eight years old, she heard, overheard her uncle and another uncle planning something, quote, very mischievous, which involved the use of expensive walkie-talkies. And then the next day, the plane was hijacked. Oh. The uncle said that they'd been turkey hunting on the day of the hijacking, but Lynn came home with blood on his shirt, which he said was from a car accident. So it didn't kind of tally up for them. She said that her uncle was obsessed with the comic book hero Dan Cooper and had one of his covers on his wall. Her parents later went on to believe that he was, in fact, Cooper, but his DNA didn't match that on the tie, though, again, could be anyone's fucking DNA. They Um, should have checked that DNA against anybody who was handling the case at the time. Yeah. And just ruled it out whether mm-hmm. it was whether it was police negligence. Maybe they did do that, but they're not going to release that to the no. public, are no, they? No, no, no. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But human error, it's going to happen. Yeah, of course it is. Especially in the seventies, like um, people didn't take as much care on crime scenes as they do now. You know what I mean? So the do- he doesn't appear to have had any skydiving experience either that I could find. So mm. 
not sure but then that kind of they the fbi did think that cooper wasn't an experienced skydiver because he didn't appear to have noticed that his reserve parachute was sewn shut for training that's what it was that's what i meant to say last time ah okay um so perhaps he 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 uh, didn't have little experience but no experience at all which would mean maybe lynn doyle is a good suspect uh, but then you'd think that Muckler would have sent some sort of apprehension from Cooper maybe if that's he why had he never came... skydived before. Maybe that's why he asked for four different ones. Maybe. And maybe that's why he said he made her leave so that he could not only jump out without them knowing exactly when, but also while he's fucking apprehensive. If he was an experienced skydiver, why would he not be at the right altitude? He wanted to be at low altitude, didn't he? Yeah, but I think that I think that's why he wanted to be at low altitude. Exactly, that's he my didn't, point. He didn't want to be all the way up. But maybe skydiving it's... would be easier from lower down. You'd be less exactly. likely to injure yourself. Oh, that's yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, what I yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it is because he's inexperienced yeah. and he sent her away because while he's fucking shitting himself, mm-hmm. he's mm, not maybe. being seen doing so. He's fooled them into thinking that he's inexperienced. Mm-hmm. Skydiver. Maybe. I'm I'm not convinced about it that it being Uncle Lynn, if I'm honest. I think he was up to something naughty. Oh yeah. But I don't think it's probably hijacking. I don't think the it's bullying. anybody that they've investigated. No. No. We'll Ted, say. Ted Braden, he was a special forces commando, master skydiver and felon. He often represented the army at international skydiving tournaments. And his military record record has him down as having done over 900 jumps. So, very experienced. He has quite a shady history as well. He was involved in classified operations in Vietnam, um, but he deserted his unit and he went to the Congo to serve as a mercenary. He was arrested by the CIA and court-martialed, but he got off in exchange for his continued silence about the classified operations. A magazine... Wait, sorry, what was he not convicted for? Um, I'm assuming for uh, deserting and becoming a mercenary. A mercenary is someone who's... It's like a hired gun, basically. Like a hitman. Sort Uh, of. Well, there's a lot of you in like a kind of a sort of a little army type thing, but it's not like a national army. Aha, so they had some of those in Ukraine and Russia, didn't they? I think they do have mercenaries, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think um, okay. those people who then turned around and started storming back on St. Petersburg, they were mercenaries. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. So a magazine did a profile of him back in 1967, and they described him as someone who, quote, continually, continually places <laughs> himself... number <laughs> <laughs> Quote, continually places himself in unnecessary danger, but always seems to get away with it. End quote. They talked about how he was always involved in shady deals to make money on the side. And at the time of the hijacking, he was working as a truck driver for a company not far from the assumed area that Cooper jumped out of the plane. Later in life... He's the trucker! (laughs) I don't think he was, but yeah. You don't know that. No, because I think they know the trucker's name. Yeah. And I don't think it was him. Yeah, but we don't know Cooper's name. Wait, what? He's the trucker. Okay. I'm telling you. All right, okay. I've cracked it. Welcome, everybody. Okay. Also, trucker, if it's not you, real sorry. 
So later in life, he was investigated by the FBI for stealing $250,000 in a trucking scam, but he wasn't actually charged for that crime. He then got in trouble for driving a truck filled with stolen goods across state lines. And then a few years after that, he was arrested for driving a stolen vehicle with fake plates. No kind of um, sort of follow-up on whether he got away with all that or not. So maybe he's still pulling his CIA strings. Maybe, uh, you know, that's how he got away with a lot of crimes. He apparently wasn't very well liked and his family described him as, quote, the perfect combination of high intelligence and criminality, which is what we're looking for. His appearance all fits with the description of Cooper. And of course, he has a skydiving experience. So maybe it's a possibility. A man we're going to talk about in a bit is suspected of being able to get away with the hijacking in exchange for his silence on covert ops whilst working with the CIA. So could this be the case here? Is that why he's getting away with everything? I mean, to be fair, I just, I can't wrap my head around that he wasn't found. Mm. I know that it was the 70s, but even like the worst serial, like the the best serial killers were fucking found. Mm. I feel like there was people fucking following me. As soon as, as soon as they noticed, oh no, it was when they landed, wasn't it? Wait, what? I'm sorry, my, my train of thought is going all over the place. Yeah, I see that. So there was, there was army men following. I know they couldn't yeah. see from where they were. Yeah, the Air Force, yeah. When was it that they realised? It was when they had landed, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. How far was that distance? Surely you have enough people in the army to go and fucking check straight. It's an inside job. You think? Yeah. That's okay. me. All right. Whether it's this person or not, that doesn't matter, mm. but maybe it's an inside job. Maybe. Do you want a woman now? Yeah. Barbara Dayton. Okay. Barbara. <laughs> oh, rhubarb <Barbara's> rice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Barbara Dayton was actually born Robert Dayton before transitioning to uh-huh. a woman. Um, she was a recreational pilot and had been in the Merchant Navy and the Army. Later, Dayton worked with explosives, so the bomb, mm. and had tried to become a commercial airline pilot but hadn't been able to get the licence because of her transgender status. Oh, that's dick move. Just as a side note, Barbara is believed to have been the first person to undergo gender reassignment surgery in, in Washington State all the way back in 1969. That's that incredible. Is. Wow. So she herself claimed to be Cooper and said that she had, rep- she had pre- presented as a man in order to do the hijacking because she wanted to get back at the airline for preventing her from becoming a pilot Uh, obviously cooper did say he had a grudge didn't he but then i'm not gonna lie i don't think that um someone who's experienced in explosives Mm -hmm. would take an actual explosive and then risk jumping out of a plane with a real although if you're experiencing explosives you know how to make it look real don't you and that's what i'm thinking yeah i'm i think that the explosives were never armed fucking yes mate buzzing if it was barbara so she claimed that the ransom money was hidden near Oregon, but nothing has ever been found. She didn't match the description of the hijacker. So Obviously. I'm not convinced on this one. When I... was it that she admitted to it? Don't know. Haven't written that down. Mm. If it was like 10 years later that she admitted to it, then she's probably had more... Um, more surgery like more mm, transitional mm, surgery because mm-hmm. i can't imagine that transitional surgery back then was really 
any good. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not convinced <laughs> on that one because the money was never found, but I could be convinced into another beer. Fab, are you sure? This one is going to be bringing some summer to 2024. Love January 2024. That. And I don't know if we've had these before. I feel like I've brought these on before, but I picked it up because they're called Siren. <laughs> Save it for the sailors, you siren. <laughs> That's what our friend said to Emma one day. I can't even remember what you'd done. I did like an eye flutter at him. Mm. I don't know why, but I was—I was, I think I was trying to convince him to go to the bar. Yeah, it was. I was you were trying to him, convince him into something. Yeah. yeah, and he was like, "Save it for the sailors, you siren. I won't look at you." So <laughs> he's so funny, isn't he? <laughs> he is. <laughs> so this is Redberry Rhapsody Fruit Smoothie Sour, bringing summer to January 2024. <sighs> Berry and cherry vibes with a thick, smoothie body. Nothing found about hops, but that's probably because the variety is different for sours. Mm. Um, and the hops would need to be aged uh, for the acidity. Mm-hmm. So oh, they're like... Interesting. I didn't know that. One to three year aged right. these hops. Right, right. Now, the brewery themselves, uh, they clearly don't believe in dry January. They've got a promotion on, on their website called Triannuary. <laughs> Of the selected beers, you get 20% off. Lovely. Like, try, try it. Dare you? Mm-hmm. I will. So, their website states our philosophy is always to make the beer we want to make. This means sourcing the best ingredients, regardless of cost, and refusing to let anything out of the door that doesn't meet our standards. It's an unconventional approach, but one that is key to everything we do. Nice. And I love that. Okay. Good quality. And if this is shit, then sort your shit up. <laughs> Okay. Oh, it smells fucking lovely, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. That is it. That mm-hmm. is the one. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of vanilla in there and, mm-hmm. and all, isn't there? Yep. Oh. Well. Yep. I nice. love, it. It's, love it. it. But it's summer in a cup, so it. how can you be... <laughs> how can you be surprised that I'm like, I love you? Do you know what I mean? D- never do that face again. Ew! Well, right, that's <laughs> it. I've had enough of Emma. <laughs> <laughs> Emma's got to go. <laughs> Yeah, go right. on. I need to know what happens. Okay. Robert Rackstraw. Rackstraw! He's up next. So he's a massive <laughs> suspect. Oh, okay, he why? He has books and documentaries written about him. Um, so we're going to spend quite a bit of time with him now, okay? All right. So this is where the Netflix documentary, D.B. Cooper, Where Are You, comes in. Okay. So it goes through a couple of suspects, not really very many, but it really kind of mainly focuses on Rackstraw, and this is because... What it, a name. Yeah. Robert Rackstraw. You're going to be a bad guy with a double, with like an alliteration, I think. Yeah, I feel like I want to shag him. Ew. Well, to be fair, he's old now, so... Oh, th- yeah. not now, but maybe in his heyday. I don't know, I kind of saw him in the 70s as well, and I was like... Oh, is he like really gross? I don't think he's like your a powerful time. name. Anyway, let me tell you all about him, right? Yeah, okay. So the documentary (laughs) follows a group of Cooper-obsessed individuals. They want to crack the case. I do too. Can I join? No, you don't don't want to join these guys. So they're led by a a man named... (laughs) Fuck me. So they're led by a man named Tom Colbert, who is so (laughs) obsessed that he cannot say anything but Rackstraw as the culprit now. He says himself in the documentary that his objectivity went years ago. What does that mean? Uh, Objectivity is like where you can look at everyone individually and make a informed decision. Oh, being objective. Yes, exactly. Aha! That does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. 
So Colbert, he is um, trying to write a book about the case. He wants to make a history docu, a History Channel documentary about it, maybe a film. So that's that's it's kind of following him and his group of people that are trying to crack this case. They've collected up all this evidence. They say points to Rackstraw undoubtedly being the hijacker. Shut up, chair. Sorry if you can hear that. I'm going to sit forward. But before we get there, we need to start with another suspect, Dick Briggs. That's right, Dick Briggs. <laughs> Such a 70s name, that in it. Dick. So, Briggs was identified by a Nam... Uh, um, oh, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> More beer. Where the fuck was I? Oh, yeah. So, Briggs was identified by a man named Ron Carlson, who Smashed was it. a drug runner in the 70s, and Briggs was his cocaine supplier. Oh, maybe he should have worked for fucking uh, Rog. Oh, from the drug smuggler next door. Yep, got you. Yep. So Carlson says that Briggs used to talk all the time about how he was Cooper, mm. but nobody would believe him. And then at a party in the 80s, he points to a couple who were there at the party and said, okay, you don't believe me, that's fine. But that couple over there, they're going to find my money in three days' time. As in Cooper's money. Hmm. So this couple are actually the real couple with the little boy who did find Cooper's money on the banks of the river when they were camping, which we talked about in the first episode. They're not in it. Wait, they're not in on it. They're not in it. I'm, um, yes, they are. Wait, what? Of course they're in on it. You're saying they're in on it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But also, how can he say that with such certainty? It's not like he could fucking throw it in the thick because it was thrown in there like time ago. Well, it? It, it was like, well, we're going to get to that. Okay. So Carlson sees the news that the money had been found and when he saw who had found it and it was the people that had been pointed out at the party, he was like, oh shit. It so, was Dick. This is, of course, supposed to indicate that Briggs is Cooper. He buried the money there for the family to find, knowing that they that they were going camping there. Can you do me a favour and stop calling him Briggs and start calling him Dick? Because it would be okay. much funnier. <laughs> so who is Dick? <laughs> he was apparently familiar with the area. He'd been special forces. And he was a parachutist. He was obviously not afraid to commit criminal acts because he was the cocaine supplier. But he lost his temper a lot, which Cooper did not seem to do. A friend of his describes a time where he drank a shot of bourbon and then ate the glass. Fuck off. No, he didn't. This is what this woman says. So he sounds like the kind of guy who likes to... to there was a lot of people, like his ex-wife was there saying all the stories danger. as well. Yeah. He seems like the kind of guy who likes to draw attention to himself quite a lot. Um, particularly at parties and stuff. So would he have stayed hidden all this time if he was Cooper? And would it, like, the, Mucklow describes him as being a nice guy, keeping his cool, certainly not drawing attention to himself to the other passengers because they didn't know he was the hijacker. Oh, yeah, no, he would, it, like, Dick would have loved that. Yeah. If you, if you, what's the word I'm looking for? If you bring mm-hmm. upon yourself, what's the word I'm looking for? Like attention seek? Or? No, yep. if, basically, if you choose dick over richard you're probably a dick <laughs> yeah okay i see what you're saying yeah <laughs> so i yeah this is what i think i mean this is i haven't seen evidence for this anywhere but i think really could he, could he have resisted the urge no. to brag and show off and all no. that sort if he's that kind of guy he would have wanted everyone to be afraid of him he would yeah. have fed off that yeah he also didn't look anything like the sketch and if he'd, like you say, just placed the money in the banks of the river in the last three days, why was it disintegrated? 
So this leads us to look more closely at the guy who said it was Dick. He told me this at this party, so this is Ron, and whether he's just kind of making this shit up, really, because he wants to, you know, be on TV. After it's been released, he's gone, oh, he told me this. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Right. So the FBI gave him a polygraph, which he appears to have passed, but obviously now we know that polygraphs are just essentially bullshit, and Mm. I'm not putting too much stock in this drug runner's story here. I mean, if you're a drug runner, you are renowned for being able to keep your cool. Mm. So Briggs, uh, Dick, sorry, Dick went on to die mysteriously in a one-car accident. So not a car crash, but a one-car accident, which has led some of his friends to think he was murdered. They looked into him in more detail and found out he'd actually not been in Vietnam like he claimed. He didn't look anything like the man... And he, like as in the businessman, the, uh, as Cooper, and he was probably just some guy who was wanting to play more of a part than he actually did. Yeah. But from the Briggs investigation comes Robert Rackstraw. He was a known accomplice of Briggs. So right. for me, Rackstraw actually does look like the sketch of Cooper. He's got parachute training. He's got loads of fake identities. He's got a history of forgery, theft, and had even been a suspect in his stepfather's murder. For that case, he showed up in court in a wheelchair claiming Vietnam injuries that didn't exist. Like, he was able to manipulate the jury and he was found not guilty. He sounds like a Ted Bundy type. He gives off that kind of vibe, you know, actually. Mm. He does. He's very cool, calm, collected. When you see, like, video of him in the 70s. And that sounds a lot like... that. Yeah. You would be, wouldn't you? Yeah. Like, sorry, no, you wouldn't be. If you were if you were trying to hijack a plane, you were trying to get all this money, you'd be shitting yourself. There would be a an element of, I'm a bit afraid, but cool, calm and collected about everything that you're doing, mm. knowing that you are that good at manipulation. Are you, are you saying that Cooper would have been cool, calm, collected? No, as in, like, he's, I'm saying he's like a Ted Bundy type because yeah. he is because he's so cool, calm and collected. Because yeah. if you were sat, regardless of, of the crime that you'd fucking been involved in mm-hmm. before or your experience jumping out of planes and all that shit, if you were sat next to a flight attendant who was clearly terrified, mm-hmm. even though she was trying to keep it cool, knowing that the FBI were on your case and anything could happen, like you could easily get caught mm-hmm. if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to be... Even if you did know what you're doing, you're still there's mm. still going to be like an element of fucking shitting yourself, but... He just didn't. He wasn't. Exactly. Exactly that. So there's obviously something not quite wired right up here. Yeah, maybe like a psychopathic sort of tendency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there are people who still think that he did actually murder his stepdad. And there Mm. are certainly people who think that he's capable of murder. Mm. There's also the fact that he seems to have falsified some of his uh, military records... And he got found out for that and kicked out of the military. Good. He went on to write at the military a letter saying how pissed he was about that and that he would be, quote, quite the adversary. So this is often pointed to as the grudge that Cooper talked about. So later on, Cooper, or someone claiming to be Cooper, wrote letters to the press taunting them. And people point to that, you know, similarity to Rexroth saying, you know, writing the letter to the military saying I would be quite the adversary. I'm not wholly convinced that the letters are actually from the real Cooper. And it's the 70s, so it's not like people are just sending emails, you know. It's like... Mm. And there's there's a history of people who write letters pretending to be serial killers or whatever. Like, the Zodiac letters, some of them are potentially not true. 
um, Jack the Ripper letters, possibly someone else. People do do that sort of thing, so I'm not wholly convinced that those letters Were are real. Were there things that um, they said in those letters that hadn't been released to the press? Not as far as I can tell. And there's actually a whole thing in the letters. There's like a load of numbers near the end that's a suspected code. And there's some gl- some guy who claims to have cracked the code that says it points to Rackstraw. Like he he says he cracked he's cracked the code and it says I am Robert Rackstraw or something like that. But it's it's so much a load of shit when he explains his code that it's like I, I I can't spend any time with it because it also it could also be translated to I am SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah. Like it's it's nothing. He's just gone like A is one, B is two. Yeah. It could mean fucking anything. You've so, got the start and the end, and you found any fucking way to get there. Honestly, when he's explaining, he's like, absolutely, that's what it says, blah blah. blah. And I'm like. You're not telling you're me. For it to you're not the telling case, me that yeah. the FBI and everyone else couldn't crack the code, but you could crack it from A is one, B is two, C is three, etc. Like, no, I'm not having it. In, in my opinion, it's a red not herring. Not a chance. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So back to Rackstraw, anyway. So he's a retired pilot who was later arrested in Iran for charges related to fraud and explosives. A few months later, after the charges, he tried to fake his own death by putting out a fake mayday call and bailing and saying he had to bail out of his plane, um, so that they could basically, so he could basically get out of the explosive charges. Mm. He was later found and arrested. There was nothing wrong with the plane. He found they found the plane in a garage with like a new paint job or whatever. Um, so that's when the FBI became interested in in him for the Cooper case because he's got the personality, he's got the skills, he's got the uh, the intelligence, that sort of thing. He's obviously got the parachute training. They weren't able to find any evidence linking to him the case, however, so he was dropped as a suspect. But the documentary people that were following, Colbert and his mm. merry band of followers, they are absolutely <laughs> convinced that he's the guy. So much so that they found a bit of scabby old material in the woods at one point and they pointed at him and say, ha ha! This is from the parachute. It's We're absolutely right. He's the guy. This is the thing. This scabby bit of fabric, honestly, I looked at it and I was like, that could have come from fucking anything. They've done no tests on it to prove it's from a parachute. It's like, it's literally, it's fucking, it's just a scabby bit of material. These in the are woods. people who have dedicated some fucking 50 yeah. years yeah, yeah, to yeah, this yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna, they, they're gonna. Yeah. They and are if people obsessed. are willing to listen and agree, mm-hmm. then it's only going to spur them on, isn't it? What I will say, though, is that Rackstraw does give off the vibe of, I'm smarter than you, you'll never catch me. Mm. He does seem super intelligent, not the kind of run-of-the-mill criminal, and certainly not at all worried about fraud, theft, or skydiving. He comes across, like, to me as the person who would be capable of the hijacking because of the reasons we just talked about, like he's mm. cool, calm and collected, all that sort of thing. He's got his nerve, he's got his intelligence. And he's asked a whole bunch of times by different people in the documentary, are you D.B. Cooper? And as far as the cut that's released to the public goes anyway, he never denies it. He talks around it, he never answers the question, not Like once. a true politician. Yeah. But then he's also getting all of this attention... And he's also yeah. probably getting paid. Yeah. So well, as long as as long as he doesn't say no, but he doesn't say yes. Yeah. He's gonna be getting paid for appearances, for stories, for 
Netflix documentaries some 50 years later. Well, I don't think so, though, because they offer him a cheque for $20,000, right? He has it in his hand. It's like, I'll give it to you right now. If you tell me you're Cooper, then we'll go make a movie about of it, and it's estimated you'll make something like $1.5 or whatever. But he'll be up behind bars if he admits it. Yeah. So what good is that money to him? He's already yeah. got all of that money. You can tell he thinks about it as well. Yeah. You can tell he thinks about it as... And I don't know if it's a thinking about it as if to say, oh, fuck it, I'll just admit and have his money. Or whether he's thinking, fuck it, I'll just say it. They can't prove it. I'm not Cooper, but what are they going to fucking do about it? They'll arrest him. Yeah. That's that's the long and short thing. Yeah. If he admits yeah. to it, then they'll arrest him. Yeah. So all of that money that he's given, regardless of whether he is or he's not, is going to be useless. Yeah. So all he has to do is allude to being Cooper but never admit yeah. it, but never say he isn't. Yeah. And then he's going to kick... Because he will have been paid for that Netflix documentary, regardless. Possibly, yeah, yeah. And if he is D.B. Cooper, then he's gotten rid of that money somehow and he's managed to acquire money yeah. elsewhere. Yeah. Like, he may have... He may be... Because is he the guy who was a cocaine supplier? No, no, he was no, friends was with guy. him. Right. So he may have given the money to him, got the fucking cocaine from Mexico, the money's then been changed in Mexico... Mm. They have no way of yeah, tracing it Yeah, that's a really then. good point, yeah. Brought the money in via cocaine. Mm-hmm. His friend has then distributed yeah. it for him, so his hands are clean of that. But that That is kind of my theory, that them two are working together. Because mm. he did... If he did, uh, Dick, truly put that money there for them to find, if, mm. if the other guy's Ron Carlson story is true and that happened, then he has something to do with it. Yeah. And if him and Rackstraw are friends, Rackstraw's got all the experience, he looks like him, talks like him, mm-hmm. he's intelligent enough. I'm thinking his dick on the ground waiting for Rackstraw to land. He was smart enough to be able to convince people that he was part of Vietnam War when he wasn't. Yeah. So he obviously will have researched all different army bases. Oh, he 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 was in the Vietnam War, but his record is not what he said it was. Oh, right. Okay. So that explains, it it still explains like the knowing where the army bases are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because he will have researched more than what he would have known Mm -hmm. by experience Mm -hmm. in order to falsify where he had gotten to in the army. Yeah. And I think, when you watch the documentary, I think he, especially in the 70s, less so now, because I think he's being hounded by the press, Mm. I think particularly in the 70s, he likes the idea of being thought of as Cooper. Yeah. Never being confirmed. Never being convicted. Yeah. He may never have ended up with any money. It may have wow. just been a case of, I want to be forever remembered as someone who could have been a fucking legend. Well, it's interesting you say about not having any money because he actually, when they track him down, he lives on a boat now. He doesn't have a house. He lives on a boat and his boat is called Poverty Sucks. Anyway, there's an actually another accusation that the CIA may have protected Rackstraw because of his own role in covert ops in Vietnam. Right. Someone that he was in the military with certainly saw him leave with CIA agents somewhere in Vietnam for three days. And it's said that he was recruited to fly for the CIA. And I kind of I kind of buy this, if I'm mm. honest. The CIA refused to confirm, not confirm or deny, but confirm that that was true. Of course, the insinuation is that the CIA told the FBI, drop this fucking case into Rackstraw in exchange for his silence as, the you know, his time working with the CIA. Mm. And the, there are those people who are conspiratorially minded 
who suggests that the cigarette butts and the other DNA evidence wasn't lost, but it was destroyed, yeah, so they couldn't identify Roxrow as yeah. Cooper. Exactly. Yeah, as buddies. Yep. It, it, there's absolutely someone on the inside that's helping them out. Is that what you think? Yeah. Whether it's an inside job wholly, or whether there's someone who he has something on, mm. where you let this slide... As in Cooper generally, not necessarily Rackstraw. Or... Yeah, Cooper generally, yeah. not necessarily Rackstraw, but... Yeah. Cooper, whoever actually did it, mm-hmm. they have something on someone on the inside or they have someone who's working alongside them on the inside. Because if you're on the inside, then you can easily, surely, change those bills. Yeah, maybe. Or false bills given. like there, There's like an exchange. Or as you say, the money gets laundered. Yeah, exactly. Like there, there, there has to be something behind it where this person is being mm. protected. If it was a case of um, someone who was involved in covert shit in Vietnam, that is the right word, mm-hmm. isn't it? Covert. Mm-hmm. Yep. Shouldn't have doubted myself. Covert, <laughs> covert stuff in Vietnam. Then why would... Did did he do it just to piss them off? Mm. Look at what yeah. I can get away with. But then if they're recruiting criminals, what do you expect? If they're yeah. recruiting psychopathic people or whatever, yeah, yeah. you know, they're going to do this kind of shit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is mental so there's uh, the thing that finished off the documentary that Colbert so he had planned on making this documentary and he was saying Raxroy you know get involved tell us that you're Cooper and we'll put you on this documentary but the thing that absolutely signed like you, this documentary is not being made was that the FBI put your, puts a bunch of photos down in front of Mucklow our flight attendant they brought her back they put a load of photos down in front of her including one of Rackstraw, and she says Cooper is not any of those photos. Of course, we know eyewitness testimony is unreliable at the best of times, it's been 50 years, that sort of thing. Don't know. Don't know. Could he have changed his appearance on the flight? Don't know. We don't know. If it's thought that he could have potentially been wearing makeup, like I said before, trauma response is your mind yeah, yeah. blocks shit out. Yeah. So there's there's people that in my past have been fucking dickheads or whatever like been traumatic i wouldn't be able to tell you exactly what they look yeah, like yeah, now yeah and if she's the one that spent the most time sat next to him yeah there's going to be in because the, the the human mind can't make up a face mm-hmm. it's impossible but it can alter a face mm-hmm. so there'll be things that are missing and it depends on what kind of person you are like for me it's rare. I will look you in the eyes. I will look Mills in the eyes. But that's kind of it. I don't mm. look most people in the eyes. I don't yeah, like so it. It's a very personal thing, I feel. Yeah. And I don't think you're looking a hijacker in the eyes. Especially if you're sitting no. right next to them. That's really close. It's mm. very intimate. I'm not yeah. convinced you're looking at them. You're trying to pay attention face. to what they're wearing yeah. so that you can point them out. You're trying. Because you could describe exactly what he was wearing perfectly mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But his face, that it wasn't explained well enough that it could be depicted in a way that it actually looked yeah, like yeah, him. Yeah. yeah. From her testimony, she said that looks nothing like him, but everyone who had explained who had <laughs> described him had described him in a way that yeah, no one could could draw yeah. him in the right way. So I d- I don't know. She she could look at as many pictures as she likes, but she She's Especially after going, 50 years. I yeah. Think. But she's also going to have this um, branding of him in the back of her mm-hmm. head because of who he was and what he did. Yeah. Whether that it's right, whether it's an accurate image or not, 
back then, people who were wrongdoers, who were psychopaths, they all looked different to the normal man, didn't they? You mean That's how they minds. were depicted. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They were depicted. So, like Ted Bundy, like we mentioned earlier, he was the he first was a normal shock to people, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Exactly. So, if she was raised in that kind of a, she she will have convinced herself that he mm. can't have been good looking. He can't have looked normal. Yeah, there must have been something that that set set him apart from the rest. Mm-hmm. They just didn't quite notice it at mm. the time. So I don't think that her looking at pictures is going to be any use to anybody. No, I, don't, I, I agree with that. But it, anyway, it saw her off the documentary for them. That was the end of that for mm. them. There's actually not any evidence that Rackstraw was in Portland and they say that he would have been too young at the time of the hijacking. I think he was in like his mid-twenties or something like that. But if he was thought to be wearing makeup. Yeah. When Colbert's team put all their evidence in front of a former FBI agent to say, look, come on, we've got him. Here's all our evidence. The FBI agent was like, I don't think you have got him, if I'm honest. I think this is confirmation bias. Um, so he thought they'd overrepresented that evidence and mm. he didn't believe it. And the problem is with all these citizen sleuths, and there's a lot that yeah. look into this case, they all have their favourite suspect. They all have their quote-unquote evidence for why they think that is. They'll defend themselves until the end of days, to, to a fault often as well, like... You know, with the... Um... Pride is is an incredible tool, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, So I'm not sure we'll ever really know who Cooper is. More recently, just a few months ago, in fact, in November 2023, another suspect was identified. Mm. Citizen sleuth Eric Eulis claims to have been able to track three of the particles on the tie using patents... So you, you, uh, mm. do they say patents in America? Patents, but yeah. yeah. So they have led him to a steel plant in Pennsylvania called Crucible Steel, and this company was a contractor for Boeing, whose mm-hmm. plane it was. So he says the person would have had to have access to the type of plane that was hijacked, and we agree with that because of you know not being sucked into the engines. Mm. And he says that he would have had to have travelled um, to the Seattle area to visit Boeing, and therefore would be familiar with the area mm. that the um, hijacking happened. He also says that Boeing had a downturn in 1971 when the hijacking happened and that this may have affected the person who he claims is Cooper, saying, like, you know, if he was being made redundant, that's his grudge, basically. Mm, right, okay. So he I says, think that's a bit much. I, to be honest, I think all of this is a stretch. He yeah. says that this all points to the company's titanium researcher engineer, Vince Peterson, who died in 2002, Peterson would have been 52 at the time of the hijacking, so kind of around the same age. Mm. He, But he only came across Peterson's name by talking to an old supervisor at the firm. He gave the supervisor the description of Cooper, and the guy was like, oh, it kind of sounds like Peterson. But he doesn't fucking know everyone at the firm. No. Like, that's, I'm not I'm not really putting no, a lot of stuff in I feel in like that. that's just... it's it, Clutching. Some people will tell stories just for the sake of, I'll get paid by the newspaper. Yeah, yeah. And he sounds like one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> Try not to die. So he's suing the FBI now to try and get hold of the tie so we can test for the DNA, but they're not playing ball because they closed the case actually officially in 2016 and mm. they can't just acquiesce to every citizen sleuth request, can they, really? They need so, to have some proper rock-solid exactly, evidence yeah. and, and suspicions. So he's now just going out, digging, searching in the area that the money was found, like, see if he can find anything else. So it sounds to me a bit like he's clutching at straws yeah, there. Yeah, 100%. So who do you like? And he's got airtime for it. Exactly. Who do you like for Cooper, then? Is it any of the suspects I've told you about today? Someone else? Do you think he died? Is it aliens? What are you saying? 
I mean, I don't think aliens really care for our money. For money. No. I'm not, convi- I'm not convinced it's all about the money, to be honest with If you. they were going to come down here, right, they're not going to hijack a plane. They're going to try and get the fucking ancestors back that were cruelly taken by us and dissected mm-hmm. like they're fucking animals. It's disgusting to me. So aliens are completely out of the question. Right. I think that Raymond, Robert, Robert Ray Summit, what's his name? The one who had a friend who was a cocaine dealer. Oh, the last guy, Rackstraw. Rackstraw. Mm-hmm. I think he he sounds like he could be, but then if most of the documentary was based on exactly. him, there's going to be a lot of people's yeah. accounts. Yeah. I think that the money was laundered. It must have been. I, I That's like why that he wanted yeah. to go to Mexico City, mm-hmm. because it's going to be easier for him to get mm. rid of the money, because everyone in... <gasps> the drug smuggling world is there. Oh, my God. That's, that's good. That is good, yeah. I think what he wanted was to get all the way... Maybe maybe he wasn't an experienced parachutist. Maybe he wasn't experienced in um, in flying a plane. He just had knowledge on that one plane, like you said. Maybe he did work at that factory that you mentioned in the last episode. Mm. Maybe he did work at that factory. But maybe he just wanted to get some money, launder it. Mm. It was like a reverse heist. Like, it was a reverse of what our fucking Rog did. Yeah. I think. I, I don't think it was about the money, necessarily. I, I think it's I also think there was, there was help on the inside. I think it was someone who maybe just wanted to appear as though they were more clever than they were. Mm. Someone who wasn't quite all there in a sense of, what's that actually going to do for me? Mm. It was a case of... If I point that out to someone, normal civilians don't know about it, so yeah. I'm going to look like I know more than I actually do. Mm. If I use this word in this sentence, I'm going to appear mm. more intelligent than I actually am. But then that that almost gives a sense of intelligence in itself, or to think that far ahead. I don't, yeah, I suppose, in a sense. But I feel like it's someone who feels like they have something to prove mm. more than someone who needs money. I, I agree with you there. I don't think it's about the money. I, I don't think, think it's, it's a about... grudge. It's a case of proving something. This, the, yeah, yes. There's something there. I, I agree with you there. I think there's something about being clever enough mm. and that sort of thing. I have a grudge I feel is a red herring. Mm. He just wants to fucking prove mm. something. He never wanted to hurt anybody. He never wanted to upset anybody, which is why he tried to reassure yeah. people who were around him, people who knew. Mm-hmm. Like, don't worry, I give you my word. I will disarm it or take it with me. Yeah. Don't don't panic. I don't have any intention to hurt you. Mm. But he knows that they can't take any risks in that sense because anyone would say that, wouldn't they? Mm. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, think, I think that he was someone who just wanted to make a point. Mm. Yeah, maybe. And had someone who helped him on the inside. I kind of like I kind of like the Rackstraw and Dick Briggs mm. duo. I kind of think he must have had an accomplice on yeah. the ground. I feel like he must 100%. have. Yeah. So that that kind of works, but I would love to think, I don't think it is, but I would love to think that it was the first guy who made his deathbed confession to his wife 
And then she was like, wait a minute. He did say he hurt his knee jumping out of a plane. And he does have all that dream talk and all that stuff. I would love to think that that was a guy. I don't think it is, but I, I, lo- I love a deathbed confession. I, I that reckon that that fucking guy, he had hurt his knee doing something embarrassing. <laughs> and he used that as, as an excuse because he didn't want to look like a pussy in front of the missus. an old dancing injury or something. Yeah. And what was the other point? Oh, yeah, he's obsessed with the case, so he's talking about it in his sleep. Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. Well, that is it. That is the mystery of D.B. Cooper and the only unsolved skyjacking in history. Wow. Okay, well, that's interesting. Yeah. I like that. So thank you for listening, guys. Good night, my pretties. We love love you. Now you believe it. Craziest thing that you'll ever hear. Now you believe it. Now you believe it. You believe it.